0: Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one exquisite page of Talmud every day. And in today's pages, Nadarim 89 and 90, we find a story that just honestly made me pause and think. I'm going to read it to you because it's a doozy. It is related that there was a certain man who took a vow that all benefit from the world should be forbidden to him if he marries a woman when he has not yet learned halakha. He would run up a ladder and rope, meaning he tried very hard to study, but was not able to learn the material. Despite all his efforts, he failed in his studies. Rav Acha Barav came and misled him, allowing him to understand that even if he took a vow, the vow would not take effect. And so he married a woman. And Rav Acha Barav Huna then smeared him with clay to protect him from the elements, as it was now prohibited for him to benefit from the world by wearing clothes. And he then brought him before Rav Chista to dissolve his vow. Rava said, "Who is wise enough to act in this manner? If not Rav Acha Barav Huna, who is a great man." As he holds that just as the rabbis and rabbinatan disagree with regard to nullification, whether it is possible to nullify a vow that has yet to take effect, so too they disagree with regard to a request made to a halachic authority to dissolve a vow, whether it is possible to request a solution of such a vow. Of Ahab of Chuna's plan was to have the vow go into effect so that the man could request that it be dissolved. Here is a complicated story about a rabbi who saw this guy trying really, really hard to study Torah but not succeeding. And even though the guy took a vow, the rabbi misleads him, which begs the question, is that something that a rabbi could do to help an erring congregant? And so I called one of the wisest rabbis I know, Hi, Sarielov. For welcome back to the show. Thanks. I feel like it's been a while, and now we're deep in the Darim. So, ever misled a congregant for their own good?
1: Well, it's you know,
0: like if they ask you, "Do I look good in this?" Like, <laughs> what do you would say? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me now, when you read a story like this, a rabbi basically kind of leading a congregant down very, very intricate pathways in order to basically save them from themselves. Because here's a person who made a really extreme vow. And Rabbi Bahuna is like just kind of trying to get him to the point where this vow could be nullified without breaking too many, uh, too many barriers. What do you make of the story and in general of the ability of rabbis to take kind of, you know, extreme measures in order to save us from ourselves.
1: Uh, it's so interesting. I went down the path, I'll confess, of all the power plays that are in effect with vows. Um, talk about like a tool of the patriarchy, but I'll move away from that. Yeah, right. I mean it's such like it is an interesting idea of like misleading him, right? What and and I sort of sit there wondering, well what, what were the alternatives, right? If he has made this vow and like, he has tried, like, he's tried his best, and there's part of me that's like, well, but if there's no other way out of the vow, you know, do you leave this poor man in what feels like it would be limbo, right? He's not a Torah scholar, and he doesn't get to have a family life. And so there is this question, and, and I think about it in all sorts of ways, right, halachically or just in our lives, like, what tools do we have at our disposal to change our situation when we need to change our situation? And, you know, I'm a big believer in letter of the law and spirit of the law. And I wonder if Ravacha Acha Barachona says, OK, well, letter of the law, you're kind of, you know, we might say out of luck, but maybe spirit of the law, there's a way we can get around it.
0: And so this is a case of the rabbi basically not just helping the congregant, but also teaching the congregant and us kind of an important lesson about how we ought to approach such manners and what we owe to vow on and, and not vow on.
1: I mean, they think this idea of like, what do you do when you're stuck between a rock and a hard place, which he is, right? I mean, I think the rabbis in general often set up this, whether it's a false or real dichotomy between like being, you know, a person of the world or a scholar, you know, and, and they certainly have lots of. Tension between the the life of the mind and the life of the body, but you know here sort of saying, well, this guy's stuck. He's stuck. He, like I said, he neither gets to have the family life that he dreamed of nor the intellectual life of which he dreamed. You know, and so it, it sort of feels like this rabbi is looking at a man who used the tools of halacha to get him stuck in this situation, and then sort of says, like, all right, well, I'm going to have to use some kind of sneaky tool of, of halacha, right, to, to get him out of the situation.
0: Which sounds to me like a great case of the patriarchy actually
1: kind of doing
0: its job, but you seem to think that it's... Uh it's not worth the trouble.
1: Well, I mean, I also just want to name that it's all men, right? So, like, there's the I think that the the way it's the of the patriarchy is they're looking for a way to help this man, whereas you know much of the entire masaheh of nidarim is talking about how women can't nullify vows and need a man to come do it for them. So
0: there is also uh, that, and and so a lesson or a teaching about that, please.
1: I mean, like I said, I think it's that one feels like it's all about power. And, you know, you and I have talked before of, like, whose story is listened to and, and here it's sort of like, well, whose voice has the power to nullify, right? So it's sort of like he can't nullify it himself, our friend, but he can. He does have the power then to go to a rabbi and have it nullified for him. So he still gets to have that voice and, you know, it in this case works in his favor.
0: Well. At least let us be grateful that the one rabbi he went to actually found a creative way.
1: But yes. And I like to imagine that he then like goes and has like a lovely life and family with this woman that he marries. That's how I like to imagine the story ends.
0: After he washes off the clay and puts on some clothes yeah, for crying exactly. out loud.
1: like takes a nice hot shower, he's good.
0: Rabbi Sarilaufer, thank you so much as ever for being our wise guest.
1: Sure. Anytime.
0: This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope that you do, please go rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts and get your Take One Merch, T-shirts, mugs, and other great stuff at TabletStudios.com. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Daf Yomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Libowitz, and is produced and edited by Doron Ruskay, Quinn Waller, and Ellie Blyer. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Tanya Singer, Courtney Hazlet, Robert Skarmucha, and Mark Oppenheimer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com take one or email us at takeone at... At tabletmag.com. You could find us on Twitter at takeone.fiomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic.